welcome to the Unraveled Academy podcast. This is a place where artists can speak openly and candidly about their creative journey, and we are so happy that you are here. All right. Hi, everyone. I'm Co Hodges. I'm one of the co-founders of Unraveled Academy, and I am just so thrilled to be here today with Yan Palmer. Uh, she is a photographer, a writer, and a public speaker, and we're just so, so, so stoked that she's here. So welcome, honey. Hi. I'm so happy to be here. Huh. We are such big fans, and the work that you do is just so uh, poignant and heartfelt. So we're just really, really happy to have you here on our show. Oh, that's really, really nice. Thanks. Awesome. So we're going to dive in a little bit and uh, talk everything creative. And there is no censor here. Feel free to talk about anything that uh, is pulling at your heart. Um, so why don't we start with talking about your creative journey? Like, where did it all begin? Where did it all begin? Oh, wow. That's such a big question, isn't it? Right. right? I like to hit you just right <laughs> out the gates. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> um. Yeah, there's so many ways to start the answer to that question, but I guess I'll pick this one. So I bet I'll, I know I've talked about this before with a lot of other people. So I know that people can relate to this feeling that I've always had, you know, growing up like, oh, I'm an artist, but I don't really do anything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I'm a creative yep. person, but what, but I didn't, I lacked a medium. Right. Because I tried everything. I tried everything, you know, and I was just always just kind of okay. Um, which looking back at it, I wish I would have been more happy with that, not thinking that I needed to excel, but just had been more happy that I was creating something, you know? Right. Um, but anyway, how I my soul was really big and it didn't fit in my body and it always longed for some kind of creative expression, I guess. Yeah. Ugh. I love that so much. Yeah. Um, but as, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Honey. I was what? just going to say, as far as photography goes, like that came out of a very different situation to where it's funny because I think that as it went on, I became known for this person of like shooting from their heart and, and intention and from a very art motivated space, which is how I think of myself as well. But I really started because I was broke and we were kind of financially trapped. And Mm -hmm. I, all of a sudden, I woke up to the realization that it was up to me to do something to make some money. And I picked up a camera because as many of us know, there's sort of a low barrier of entry to become a photographer. So that's such a good way to put it. Um, And at the time, uh, who were you providing for? Um, at the time, so it, I always remember how long I've been a photographer because it's the same age as my middle child. So it was my ex-husband. Um, we were married at the time. So it was he, I, my daughter, oldest daughter, and my second daughter who had just been born. She was about three months old at the time. Wow. And we were so, we were like living off of Little Caesars $5 hot and ready pizza pour, you know? Yep. And we were living with uh, my parents at the time. And yeah, so it was all of us. Yeah. Gosh, that's so crazy. And that's so true for so many people. And I know so many women that did pick up a camera for the financial aspect and and self-taught and were driven and then somehow creatively found themselves through that, which is so cool. But yes, and I talk a lot about 
provision and being a provider and what that means to women in general. Um, So it's so cool to hear you talk about that in just all its authentic rawness because you have to pay your damn bills, right? Yeah, it was a really Mm -hmm. real thing. And I think that the irony within that and within that path for me was that when you have that intense amount of pressure, you learn quickly to kind of hone in on, all right, what's going to be the shortest route? And there was a couple ways I could have gone about it. One of the ways was treat this more strictly as a business. And I think that monetarily, I could have had a lot of success in doing that. But unfortunately, my natural skill set, although like, I think business is interesting and awesome, and I love a lot of the concepts, my natural skill set wasn't just to make it a business, right? So then another short route, though, was like, all right, if, if I can't make it work that way, I have to lean into what it is that I can do well. And the main thing that I can do well, which might not seem like it counts for a lot, but is to be real and to feel, to feel a lot of things, right? So I learned that by actually leaning into that, that that organically pushed me towards being able to make a better living more quickly. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. It does. It does. It does. Because I feel like, especially women who are just starting out or photographers who are just starting out, not isolated to just women, but they, they were like, okay, the business side, let's learn the business. I need to know the business. They come to uh, a workshop. They do an online teaching seminar. They, they're like, okay, how do I make money? Do I do mini sessions? What do I do? But I think it's so true because each photographer is their own unique human being. And Mm. Even though we are in a business, we're selling ourselves essentially and who we are as creatives. So that's like the best advice you could ever give someone just starting out is still be true to yourself and find what it means to you. Yeah, because and I wouldn't ever say like disregard the business part because it's it's obviously I mean, I made so many mistakes that I I wouldn't take them back, but it was like, oh, it was hard to it was hard to learn the hard way. So I wouldn't say Mm -hmm. to disregard it, but I would say, um, be so conscious of whether or not you're trying to fit yourself into a box that wasn't made for you. Right. Because doing that, you don't set yourself up for success. You really do set yourself up to fail. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. What do you think was the most difficult part of your photographic journey? Um, yeah, really personally for me, the most interestingly, like the most difficult part ends up being the most rewarding in a way. Right. But for me, the most difficult part is I have a high, high level of um, anxiety and depression. So interacting with clients actually, and doing all of the little back and forth, like email wise, it's, it's such, it seems like such a small thing. And it is like, it's, it's, you know, I want to say, but I don't want to say it's stupid that this was a big deal for me, but it was, I felt, um, a lot of times just really paralyzed with being able to do that. And once I could, um, and I would have the kind of anxiety before my sessions where it was like, it was past just nervousness. It was kind of like, I want to die anxiety. And I know a lot of people feel that way. Once I was interacting with people and able to be present, um, it was fine, but all of the buildup, like I ended up 
really that's the biggest thing that led me to getting an assistant to take care of that part for me mm-hmm. because it almost so many times made me just want to stop just so I didn't have to deal with those in between interaction, anxiety inducing nervousness parts. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I wish Sarah could be here for this because she talks about this all the time with our students and it's such a common thread. I feel like it's more than not photographers who have that experience before a session, after a session with the client interaction with client prep work. It's probably our most commonly asked question is about client prep prep work and dealing with that. And, uh, and it's just so true and it's so great that you talk openly about it. Yeah. And it ended up, you know, by, by not running completely away from it, which is totally what I'm inclined to do. I'm, I'm inclined to run away from things, you know, but it taught me some of the navigating tools that are the most helpful to me now is in dealing with anxiety is to just be present. Right. Yeah. And that teaching myself how to be present because anxiety so much comes from worrying about the past or the future or worrying about so many things you can't control. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Awesome. Um, we do have a bunch of student questions, man. They love you. Holy crap. Um, if it's, if it's okay, if I can ask a few of these. Yeah. Hit me. Awesome. Okay. Um, they love your podcast. All of them listen to it. Um, (laughs) what have you learned about love since starting your podcast? Hmm. Um, well, you know, it's funny. I started the podcast because of how much I need to learn about love. (laughs) It feels like, um, I feel hypocritical saying that now all of a sudden I know, but, but of course I'm learning because we're all learning. Absolutely. Absolutely. Don't feel hypocritical at all. (laughs) That's such a humanizing concept. Truly. So do not, it's uh, we're all learning and growing. Um, I guess a couple things. I'd say a couple things. One thing is that love, love is a force that I think is bigger than us, right? Like you hear a lot of times that love is a choice. And whenever I used to hear that, I would apply it to it being the choice of whether or not you stay in a relationship or get out of a relationship. Like love is a choice that way. Um, But then something really interesting happened at the end of every episode. I asked people what love is and everyone has a totally different answer. Right. Mm -hmm. And the way that their answers vary has kind of led me to believe that love is this thing. Love is exactly what we need it to be Mm -hmm. at any given moment. Right. And so when you think about love being a choice, the choice isn't whether to stay or go. The choice is whether to say yes or no to love. And it ends up looking like something different for every single person, right? So it takes on a different form or shape. And the choice that we make is just to to say yes, to open up so that love can take on whatever shape it is that we need it to be in our lives right now. And it just got chills. Holy <laughs> mother of God. Um, wow. Can I ask, and please don't, answer anything you don't want to, but can I ask when you started this podcast, wanting to learn more about love and like reaching out to different individuals to talk openly about their experience in life, what was going on in your life at the time? Well, I would say 
if we get back up a little bit, it really came out of this place that started of after I got divorced, you know, like me leaving my marriage was my choice. And I wanted to take accountability for that. And I wanted to like, you know, it sounds like it was easy now. It's not like it was easy and it's not like my pride wasn't, wasn't involved, but I wanted to take the hard look at myself to be like, all right, what am I doing? That's not making me function in relationships. And that's making me quite frankly, not wanting to be in one long-term relationship. And so I started really actually with photography. It's funny. I would always ask my clients. I would always ask the people who came to my workshops. I wanted to know about their love stories. You know, I wanted to know how they were doing it. And, you know, I think that anyone anyone who's been in a long-term relationship and left that relationship and found themselves in another long-term relationship, if they're really honest with themselves, um, (laughs) you end up seeing that you run into a lot of the same problems, Mm -hmm. right? Because we oh, take yeah. we take our problems with us. <clears throat> Absolutely, man, you're hitting me on like all these really personal levels. I <laughs> I know you don't know this, but I am newly divorced. Oh, um, as of February, and and I did choose to leave, and uh, and I am also I'm a I am a romantic. I feel a lot, and I'm always questioning love and what it means. So like this is insane to me that we're talking about this right now. Oh wow. But, but it's so amazing to hear you talk about it. Um, and obviously, it's never like you get to this place where you're like, oh, here, I have all of the answers. We're always learning something new and everybody's so different. Um, but it's just just amazing to hear you speak from your heart. It just really <laughs> is. Hey, well, I want to say, I, you know, I don't pretend to know where you're at, but that feels really fresh. That's a, that was for me a really rough place to be. So I hope you're doing okay. I am. No, you're so kind. I, I went through my part where I like when you talk about like accountability for, for leaving because that was a huge thing for me. And then trying to find the answers in that, like, why did I leave? Did I do the right thing? Um, here are my reasons why. And, and do I believe in love? Hell yes, I believe in love. And for my children, what does this mean for them? And all of these things. And I can't even tell you how many messages I get every day from women going through the same thing that we went through in different areas of it. So this is just such a cool thing to talk about, especially for creative women, Mm. because we do feel so hard and so deeply and try and find the answers in every tiny crack of our journey. Um, Mm. this is very poignant, beautiful. Oh, well, that's, it feels nice to, to be vibrating on the same frequency. That's pretty crazy. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I've got a couple more questions from our students. Um, so obviously they love, love, love your podcast. There's most of the questions were about that. And, uh, how did you transition from being a photographer to running your podcast and which one takes up the most of your time? Mm. Well, <laughs> this question makes me giggle in a lot of ways and mostly like at myself, because one, I feel like I have not successfully transitioned. I'm transitioning. <laughs> um, Two, I didn't actually stop being a photographer to be a podcaster. That was kind of like a secondary thing. But then I, to, to keep on theme, I ended up repeating my same pattern of getting sort of absorbed in this other project, which mm-hmm. kind of is taking up too much of my time and sort of the way photography did and not 
sort of doing the things that are at my heart. Although it is one of the, it's one of the things that is at my heart. It just wasn't the main reason that I left the photography industry. Right. Does that make sense? Absolutely. It makes sense. Absolutely. Um, so I want to ask you a little bit question about client work. And I know that you've been transitioning out of it. Um, how did that work for you? And what was your rationale behind that? Man, I, I'm, I'm feeling apologetic for long-winded answers. because You are fine. So long-winded. <laughs> you are fine. But you, well, I got a rash. Co, I got a rash. Um, I had been feeling... I, I think our intuition is a really powerful thing. And my intuition had been kind of warning me for a long time that it was time for me to transition and, and move, um, not on, not away, but like move to the next thing, because I think it's all linked and connected. Right. And I was like too scared, you know, like this, I support myself. I support my kids. I don't I have, I've had success as a photographer, but like still, you know, struggle financially. So very reliant on my income, you know? So it was scary to heed that intuition. And also at the same time, having intuition for other big changes in my life. And then, uh, last, I think it was February, last February, I broke out in this like dumb, silly, like it didn't hurt. It wasn't even itchy. It was just hideous from like my neck down, like full body rash. Oh, wow. And I was like, <laughs> again, I want to be clear. This wasn't like a major health crisis. It was just <laughs> annoying. But what it was, was my body trying to say, like send a message yeah. because I searched for every reason for this rash, every possible like medical reason, physical reason. And it was none of like, so that I could remedy it. And it was none of those things. It was a rash that was brought on completely by stress. And if I had to say in hindsight, it was brought on by me having this message from my deepest parts of my soul and me trying to ignore it. And my body saying like, yeah, right. Nice try. Here you go. (laughs) Right. Like, look at it. I will not be ignored. And I knew, like I knew immediately, I knew that I had to make changes, right? So, yeah. so there was that, which was like a gift. Um, but the fear, oh man, fear is such a big wall, right? The fear of how, 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 how can I do this? Yeah. Um, so I started taking baby steps where it was like, okay, I'm not going to announce any more workshops. I'm going to kill the workshops. And I was doing mentoring, which was also a really lucrative thing to do, but I felt in over my head in the sense of, you know, my integrity was making myself ask, am I really helping these people in the way that I want to help them? And so the next step was to take a step back from that. Right. Right. Um, so no more workshops, no more mentoring, stepping back from all of that. And then finally announcing, Hey, I'm not taking any more sessions. I'll finish it, which a lot of people missed the announcement. (laughs) I'm sure they did. There's still tons. Yeah, because not everyone is like tracking my every move. Surprise, surprise. Right, 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 right. Um, So it's like still tons and tons of inquiries and having to say no to that all the while my bank account getting lower, lower, lower to where it was like, you know, you get to the end of the month and you, and my, I had to ask my partner at the time, Whitney, um, 
like to spot me a couple hundred bucks at the end of the month. And all the while having these money making opportunities in front of me and, and being like my integrity, my intuition, my freaking rash being like, no, you have, like, you have to commit to this, you know? So it was really humbling and really scary. And I was really trying to get quiet and be like, what can I do? What is going to allow me to make this change? You know? And it was in a yoga class, <laughs> which awesome. was just kind of, it seemed like I got this kind of direct, like, transmission straight to my brain of like, this is what you're going to do. You're going to turn your workshop into an online thing. It's not like a new idea. It's not like a genius thing. It was just <laughs> all of the sudden, like, hey, this is what you have to do. Right. And um, and then also in the middle of the night, like I got woken up about three in the morning and the name of it came to me. I was like, okay, it's going to be teeth kiss. Right. Oh, that's awesome. So that's that, awesome. yeah, it was really awesome. And it's funny. I was able to do that. Like such a privileged thing that I had spent, you know, this 10 years of being a photographer, this 10 years of teaching, that it all led up to putting me in a position where I could create a product. Like, like I felt so lucky to be able to do that. Right. Right. And it, it did bring in the financial support that I needed to transition, but it's, um, you know, it only lasts so long. (laughs) Right, 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 right. The life, life of an entrepreneur and creative. yes, (laughs) Yes. Yes. So it's afforded me the time to pause to pause and like, and and get quiet and try to clarify my focus of like, what is the next thing? What is my mission? What am I supposed to do to help, you know, not just to take care of my own immediate needs, but like, what am I supposed to be giving to the world? So those are the things that I've been thinking about all the while doing the podcast and yes, and all of that. That's so amazing. And do you still shoot personal work? I have, I have shot personal work. I've shot it mostly with a tiny little point and shoot camera that like you don't have any control over. It's like, it's like in the nineties when our moms had these cameras and they wouldn't know why the flash was going off or or, (laughs) like, it's like, that's what the camera is. That's amazing. Um, Oh my gosh. It has to be so liberating on so many levels. It is. But even that, I haven't been doing that much of it. I actually really miss shooting. Um, But I've been, I've been more focused with trying to take away the tools that I relied on to create presence. Cause that's what photography did. Like a camera gave me a gateway and a pass and permission to do all of the things that I needed to do to be a better human. Right. So right. I've, I've tried to actually remove it as the, uh, as that crutch yeah. and instead be okay with like, Hey, maybe I can just be present and use my eyeballs. Mm. Maybe I can just feel the feelings of, of this moment and not have to put it online for a hundred likes and affirmations, mm-hmm. which I have not succeeded in doing. I've still <laughs> like still, you know, I'm stuck in that cycle of, oh, I made something. So I need people to tell me I did a good job at it. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Which is normal, 
And it's human nature. We all want to be validated, especially when we create something that we think is beautiful. But then it can be our destruction at the same time. Yeah. And, and when is it enough? When have you reached that peak where you're like, oh, okay, I'm here. I'm good. Never, right? Totally. And so part of this big pause is, is me trying to do the work and the slowdown that for me is necessary to, to stop depending on everything else to make me feel like enough. Yeah. Right. But yes. it's, it's been a, it's been a lot of like hit and misses, you know what I mean? Like I'm making a lot of mistakes and tr- as I try to figure out how to do this. So, well, I think it's beautiful and I think it's so brave and I love that we're talking about this right now. What do your children, how do they view your journey and, and how are they involved in it? That's a good question. I think I don't, you know, like a kid's understanding is different from our mm-hmm. understanding and often their understanding is like far and beyond what our understanding <laughs> is Right. in this really profound way. So I don't, they don't know the ins and outs of like, what this business thing meant and what this big decision meant, you know, what right. they, what they know and feel right now is that for the first time in most of their lives, their mother is actually more available and present to them. And that feels, that feels good because like it was really exciting and fun to travel all over and and feel like I was this magical little nymph person when I was with other families and other kids. And then I would come home and like be a big fat, like jerk or deadbeat mom. <laughs> to my own kids. You know what I mean? Like I was giving yeah. all the magic elsewhere and then like not, it's not that like I ran out of it or whatever. It's, it's right. that I couldn't figure out how to live it. I could mm-hmm. live it when I had a camera and I was with other people but what was actually happening in my home, it wasn't the same. And I, I needed, I just knew that I needed to correct that disconnect. And so, like I said, my kids feel, you know, like they've expressed to me just in, in their own little kid way where it's just like, you know, they'll just say little things like this feels really good, mommy, you know? Oh, oh, that hits home big time for sure, especially on, on the single mom level. And a lot of us are, um, I know I just went and taught at a retreat for, we were gone for five days and it's not very long, but around day three, I started to feel the mom guilt pretty heavy. Right. And when I got home, I got home like two, three in the morning and, uh, crawled into bed with my kids cause I still co-sleep with them. And, uh, my son was like, Oh, mom, never leave me again. (laughs) I was like, ah, like it's so hard. But I also do, I, I, gosh, I connect with so much of what you said because I, this year was my year to find the balance with that and Mm -hmm. to shut things off and just be present with them more than ever versus like in the back of my mind being like, I have 10 emails that still have not been answered. I need to answer those 10 emails right now. Right, right. Or I go watch freaking, you know, a video with my kids and snuggle on the couch or we go in the backyard and we play with bubbles, you know, and and do that for 20 minutes uninterrupted and without any guilt. Like it's such a balance. I feel like all of us struggle with that so much, but. Well, and I have to say something about it because 
any which way you talk about it, it ends up leaving some mom out there feeling guilty. Either they feel guilty for being the mom who's still traveling a lot and having to be gone a lot, or they feel guilty for being the mom who's not developing themselves enough and they're being home too much. You know what I mean? And so totally. I want to speak to that for a second and say like, like you're all, we're all doing great. And like, there's, there's not a right way. And like you said the word balance and I don't want to like fault you for that in any way. Cause I use that word all the time, but I nope. also don't believe in balance at all. <gasps> I love you so much. This is the best. Yeah. Yes, get I, it. I believe in like all, like sometimes the best that we can do is being in touch with ourselves enough to just be able to hear like the next right thing, which is something Glennon Doyle says, like, what's the next right thing that I need yes. to do? Like, that's all you have to do, whatever that looks like for you, whatever it looks like. As long as you're just listening to that and doing your best, you're doing so good. Oh, yes. Hell yes. And we love Glennon. We're huge fans. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. He's the best. That is amazing. Thank, thank you so much for sharing your heart and for being with us here today. And Oh man, we want to, we want to have you back again on the road <laughs> and Hey, you guys like, please, please go. If you haven't already subscribe to her podcast, look her up on iTunes. She's amazing. Oh, I listened to all of them and they really hit home. Trust me. There's something for everybody. Um, and, uh, our last question was just, and we already kind of touched on this, but what does this next year look like for you? Wow. If only I knew. <laughs> and that is the best answer ever that's good just live in the moment and uh anyways we we love you so much and we're following your journey and uh you're a really really bright shining light in the world and uh we're your biggest fans so well dang <laughs> thank like, you so much for being here you're great you're great also also super great <laughs> <laughs> thank you <laughs> all right thank you guys so much for tuning in and uh We'll see you out there. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. It means so much to us that you are here, and we hope you walk away inspired as hell. If you are not already a student in Unraveled Academy, we'd love for you to join us. So go to www.theunraveledacademy.com and join our tribe today. And that link will also be posted in the show notes here. We have a seat with your name on it.